Oi! Torbson! Torb! Torb! Yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. I need, I need, we need supplies. We, we were supposed supplies. to leave like an hour ago, man. Have we got the beer? Of course I have the beer. You can't drive without beer, Torbson. I'm pretty sure it's against the law. Okay, come on, come on, come on. We're burning daylight. Or some sort of light. It's been a while since we've been on a road trip. Yeah, it has. Um, I mean, well, neither of us have licenses, but um, I like to think despite that, I'm a very good driver and... Uh, I'm definitely not gonna let the government tell me what to do. Uh, I can use their roads if I damn well please. Pity that we lost our golem driver. Yeah. Ezekiel, Ezekiel was a good guy. Yeah, and, and he, he was still made out of rock. Which was hard to explain to the insurance company. Wait, was he made out of rock? I think he must be meant to be made out of clay. Was he not a golem? Is was clay just not a kind of rock? It is a mineral, I though. So. In that case, are we not also a kind of rock in a way? It's true. Which the and I told that to the insurance so. companies too, and you know what? They didn't listen. Uh, yeah, we got some new and interesting stuff coming uh, up in the, from touching down from the stratosphere, don't we, man? It's, it is nothing safer when you're driving a vehicle than to go over a PDF. Yes, I agree. So uh, hold on, uh, let me bring up my laptop uh, so I can read while I drive. And all right, excellent. So. Uh, we recently had a pretty hefty release put up there on the Statosphere, uh, by one... Let me scroll down to the bottom of this here PDF. Thank God I brought my mouse with me while I'm driving. Um, done by one Justin Milland. Myland? I apologize if we aren't pronouncing your last name right. Milland! Milan, yeah, there you go. It's Myland if you're highborn. It's it's Milan if you're lowborn. Uh, what's the title of this bad boy here, Thompson? Uh, the title of this particular bad boy is Three Miles of Bad Roads, Highways, Byways, and Magics of the Streets. Yes. So what we got here is a collection of unknown army third edition content, specifically focused around roads, highways, streets and other pathways of vehicular egress and ingress. And there's no two better people to talk about road magic than two guys that don't have their driver's license. Listen, listen, just because the government says I'm not a good driver, when was the last time I ever listened to the government? When was the last time I ever valued the government's opinion? It's also extra, uh, extra special that we're from yeah, California well, and Australia, respectively. Yeah. Two places where you cannot do anything without a car. It's fine. It's, I mean, that hasn't stopped either of us, obviously. Um, so there's ways and means. Yeah. There's ways and means, of magic. course. Magic uh, doors. And if nothing else, if doors. nothing else, our lack of licenses mean that we're, to a certain degree, uh, non-biased third parties, which I think is an important perspective. And it's important that our podcast lack license. Uh, license to broadcast, license to drive, um, license to kill. Actually, no, I think we might have one of those lying around. That's the one thing keeping us from going on murder sprees is because we refuse to... Uh, apply for a license to kill because how dare the government so we just prefer not to just no, no I'm not applying I'm not putting going through that paperwork fuck the government yeah I've heard those death taxes are pretty bad murder taxes all that That's good right. stuff yeah, I um, mean you have to go through a death panel yeah it's, it's a mess alright so this is what we got here is actually a very nicely well rounded quite like a rubber tire from what I've heard um oh. collection of 
pretty much any sort of UA goodness you could look. You're interested in. We got entities, we got rituals, we got artifacts, groups, GMCs, and then we got the good stuff identities and archetypes. Sorry, adapt schools and archetypes. We also got a couple identities in there, some s plot seeds, and they might want to throw in your corkboard. There's good stuff in here. There's good stuff in here. A lot of stuff here too. It's got the uh, it's got the the bubble the bubble dome. Yes. Um, and it's it's got the whole Homer Simpson car um, set up here, which is good. And I really do like the thematic, uh, the fact that there is a theme to this book that brings it all together. And it's a theme that is so obviously useful to so many people's Anonami's campaigns. I mean, yeah, it's it's driving around. Most places everyone. have roads. Yes. It's true. Most places do have roads, indeed, um, if there is ground. Even though where your campaign may be going may or may not have roads. Or may not need roads. I get the reference. Um, Doc... Doc... <laughs> Doc Brown. Doc uh, Frank. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, where do we want to start with all this good, all this stuff? Um, I got compliments, I got a couple criticisms, but mostly I'm very satisfied with this. Um, it's been a bit since we had a really sizable bit of Statusphere content to talk about. You know, there's been little bits of stuff released here and there, but what's kind of stopped us from covering those just been, you know, even though the content's really solid, like a 10 page PDF isn't really substantial enough for us to dedicate a whole episode to in and of itself. So what we should probably, what we might do one of these days is collect a few of those into uh Statusphere lightning round. Yeah, exactly. Some sort of lightning round for the Statusphere. Now, um, but yeah, what do you want to start with this? Um, I figure... Well, we could go through it from the beginning, All or right. we could go by your notes, or how, how do you want to do it? Um, I mean, my, no uh, my, my notes on this thing are chronological, or I All suppose right, by order of pages. So let's go with the first chapter, uh, Speed Bumps, which yep. is a nice chapter title. Yep. Um, starts off with Entities, which I think is a good way to start, because Entities are always interesting, Yeah. and Entities are evocative, and it's a good way to bring people into the, the, the road mania. Um, I feel that if he'd started off with something else, it would have been... Yeah, no, I think this was a good choice to start with the entities. Yeah, no, I'm a fan. I, I, I always love me a good monster, and UA has lots of them. Uh, I think my favorite of these, even though, like, th th there's not much of a conflict inherent to them, are the motor gnomes. I I'm a sucker for just little guys of all sorts, and these are definitely some little guys. Motor gnomes are pretty awesome. Um, they are very, they're sort of simple. They're like helpful. It does tie into old ideas of like le leaving things out for the brownies and yeah. they'll help you out. Yeah. And it's a nice twist on the, the whole gremlin thing. It's a, it's a reverse gremlin, which is always good. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're, it's, it's cool. Yeah. These little, nice little Michelin man blobs of petroleum that are, uh, they keep, uh, junkers in working order. Though usually ones that are like, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Those, those. Have you ever see a suspiciously in good shape car out while you're hiking, just in the middle of woods? There's probably some motor gnomes living in there. Actually, that's a good point because my main criticism with the motor gnomes is there's not really any. Like these seem they're great, but how do you get them? Do you summon them? Yeah. Like where do you get? Like if I want a motor gnome or some motor gnomes, how do I get them? I do like your idea of like if there's a it's a good looking 
like seemingly abandoned, well-maintained car, maybe just parked close to it, or what? What would attract these little? Well, I think you just leave a broken, a rusted transmission out on your kitchen table around midnight, and they'll usually show up sometime. But they're attracted to. They make their homes in engine compartments. This is true. Of well-loved beta cars, any kind of like Fay type thing. They're not. They're not. They're pretty hard to trick. You can't just easily. Um, trick them. You have to like really set up the, the, the situation legitimately for them to move in. Um, so that could just be the description of just like, yeah, like l- look after your beta car and you'll get some mononomes. But it would be nice if there was a bit more guidance on like, yeah, where, 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 do, you, where, do, you, where do you seek them? Yeah, there's so, I had that issue with a few of these guys. Uh, no bills also gave me a bit of that because like, I mean, I like the idea. There are these nondescript middle-aged old men that put up missing pet signs for people are doing magic in the area that's evocative but like what happens if you confront them we know they they sleep in the walls apparently i think it's kind of cool that like okay these guys are around then you can find out about uh other chargers in your area because they're putting chargers that might be uh making a mess of things because they're putting up the uh, lost pet signs everywhere, but um, there's a lot about what they do. I think that's an issue with a few of these things. There's a lot about what they do absent of player involvement. We don't get much guidance in what they do when players try to poke at them a bit, you know? Yeah, because especially these no-bills, because what I like about the no-bills is it says that they hate magic that they also need it. They're afraid on it. They yeah. require it. So they move towards it. So they're like a certain kind of NIMBY. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> that, like they that, go that, places... Excellent comparison. They don't have any power beyond their sixth sense ability, which substitutes for notice. And they have a wound threshold of 40. And it just seems like, are these just easily dispatched? Um, what do they do? Well, they should be some kind of like pushback, surely. Because if they were going to be like NIMBYs, I would wonder if I would if I was going to like sort of up the ante for the no bills I would maybe make them have increasing effect over the community like could they incite an anti-magic riot because they don't they want to get rid of it but then move on like what what could they do yeah yeah exactly and again like when the players inevitably go after them because they've been put up on the uh, telephone poles uh how do the nobles respond? Do they just hide? I don't fucking know. I mean, they're, they're, these guys are evocative, but I need a bit more for them to be playable. Um, we do also have a couple of entities that are just sort of manifestations of road trouble in some way. Like um, road rage or particularly heavy car crashes leaving their mark upon the Statosphere National Plane in some way and that creating some sort of monster. In the case of road rage, you got strife clouds. In the case of multi-car pileups, you got transit masses. And I do really like the name transit mass. That's good. Perhaps the writer on that one. It's a good name, and it's I like the description of it. It's it looks differently depending if you're seeing it on the the astral or yeah. physically. It's a combination. It, to me, it comes across as uh, it's a good. It's a pretty obvious uh, piece of blowback. Yeah. If your PCs have been out there and caused and caused a fuss uh, in in public, and uh, they caused a caused a car crash, yep, a big old pileup, uh, and thought they get they got away with it, well, no, 
you you haven't got away with it. Yeah, they're basically they're basically vehicular revenants, pretty much. That's at least that's kind of how they operate. Anyone that causes a car crash involving three people or more, chance that these guys pop up. Know what these feel like to me though? They feel like a random encounter. You know what I yeah, mean? They have yeah, that sort of like, feel to it. The GM being like, "All right, they're going from point A to point B. I want to make this more interesting somehow." Uh, rolls on the freeway table for the unknown army's monster manual. <laughs> Transit mass. There you go. I'll throw one of those at them, and then it's kind of the question of like, it's good blowback. This would be like a rough way to get exposition because these things are pretty fucking lethal they are if it's like they if are. you want to signal to your players hey there's some sort of car wizard like the several varieties of which are covered later in the book that's causing car crashes for whatever reason and they've created a transit mass as a result that's causing issues on the road uh you have, to have one show up sure but i i wouldn't like to find out about that sort of shit this way, you know? It's good blowback. I think that's the main... Strife clouds are similar, but um, there's a lot of stuff in this book about uh, related road rage in various ways, but it's always like, yeah, road rage sucks. Um, doesn't really do anything mechanically, though. And why is there no ro- road noble? There you go. Oh, road fear. Road fear. You gotta that cover all three too. of them. Um, Strife cloud does... Uh, I do like the fact that it includes... Um, some information that could be used as a petty milestone yeah. for certain objectives. I mean, that's useful. Um, maybe it's just a matter of like they're just out there. They're an unnatural entity that is, you know, it's caused by people, um, and you can use it in different ways. Yeah, sure. and entities are meant to be used and abused. Now, before we move on from entities, I just did, as you mentioned before about uh, vehicular revenants, sure. and that just made me think momentarily, thinking like, what other entities pre-established entities what would they be like okay. on the road interesting i'm imagining the fool killer as like a driver the fool killer but only manifesting in the in a car that is harassing you sure that's good weird scene but you know i think every i think there's something to be said for taking the david lynch approach with the ua can uh your ua campaigns and every once in a while just throw in some weird shit as a scene that is never relevant ever again. Well, no, I would say it's the full killer would be it would be operating like the full killer normally does, yeah. but it just happens to be he's in a car <laughs> because usually the full killer appears uh, in person or whatever or on the phone. What if he's chasing you in his uh, with his big hat? I don't know if he's got a big hat, but I feel he should. Have I feel a big like, hat. no, I I agree with you there. He should definitely have a big hat. Oh god, I'm blanking on the name of these fucking things. The weird, fucked up Lovecraft monsters that are just made by wizards. Oh, you mean uh, unnatural servants? There you go, yeah. Something that comes to mind is like an unnatural servant that's just been put into a car in some way. Like, the car doesn't actually have any working parts. It's just an unnatural servant that has like a facsimile of a driver in the driver's seat. All of the inner working is, you know, it's just like basically a car's, um, car shell with an unnatural servant on the inside, you know, making it look a lot like a car and drive like a car, but it's not actually a car. Originally, uh, unnatural servants are supposed to be like inside animals. They're built inside animals or people, right? And you could do an alternate, a variant version, which is like you're making a car, you just take it from the animal and put it in the car, which is fine. Or you could have it be one of those like, 
cars that drives around which like pulls like a horse trailer okay and the people in the car are just mannequins sure and actually the the unnatural servant who's in the horse in the back is the one controlling the car there you go okay that's fun that's a lot of fun before you even know what's going on like you're being if you're being tailed by a car that's pulling a horse trailer whatever they're called that's already unnerving and then oh wait they're all mannequins but that horse is definitely real oh no that's even more unnerving what's happening and the horse's eyes glint with a disconcerting level of intelligence yeah there you go or you could have um those uh big old trucks that like the pig trucks all the pigs are just legion pigs or one pig is just a legion pig who's in control of the driver and the pig truck just drives around and it's assumed everyone just assumes that the pig truck is going to a slaughterhouse or a farm or whatever but no it just goes places and all the pigs go and like it's like one of the it's like uh there's all those areas where the um uh herds what do you call like a herd of pigs or like a, a group of pigs uh it's a, a sounder oh no no sounder is it a sounder no no yes it's a sounder okay it's yeah. a sounder of so it's like there's the stories of the wild pigs that just uh, wander around terrorizing rural areas. So it's like that, but they have a they have a car, <laughs> they have a truck that they go around in, and they go to like isolated places, like isolated um, shops maybe, um, or isolated like some poor some poor guy in like an Walmart Express or like a um, or a Mac Attacks franchise location and a pig truck just stops out the front and all the pigs get off and just terrorize and then they get back on and they try and they drive away that that would be something another thing that comes to mind is i could see e- either someone that makes golems or a mechanomancer you know putting some of the putting some of their mojo into a car i mean you know like we used to have our driver, but I could also see easily a uh, some sort of uh, a clockwork being made out of an old uh, old jalopy of one sort or another. Whether self-driving or doing some other so more uh, Inspector Gadget James Bond bullshit. I'm I am a full believer in um, the theory that mechanomantic uh, components have to be were meant to be like from the 1890s. But that was in the in the war game book from the 1990s, and I fully believe that things up to the end of World War One and up to the early 1920s are now kosher for mechanomancy, which would include, I assume, the Model T Ford and early cars like that. Well, yeah, you just have, I mean, yeah, it, it should be vintage cars. I agree there, but I do love the idea of just like pop the front of a car, and where the engine is is there's just this big old massive uh, clockwork gears with a giant novelty uh, wind-up turnkey on top. That's your um, your mechanic character's trigger event, just like some car's been towed away or like whatever, like has to fix this car up and he pops the hood and it's just like... Yeah, this, I see someone pull over against... in a very old car, pull up like, hey man, I'll give you a jump if you want. And he's like, no, 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 please, please. And while, while I distracted you, just... Pop the pop front of curiosity, and there it is. This big old wind-up toy. It's like when in like a Lovecraftian story where the scientist sees some science that drives him mad, but it's in a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "This is against all known well, mechanical science." The guy's just like, "Yeah, Toyota's getting really weird in the last few years." It's like a hamster and a wheel in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the other fun one is just he's been Flintstoning it the entire time, but his. Like, has some very elaborate illusions set up to stop people from noticing. Yeah, 
because that's like um, if you're driving around with some sort of aura sight or some ability to see through illusions and you just see a guy like running really fast on the freeway to power his car no he's just running really fast on the freeway and everyone else sees a car but it's just a guy just booking it that's that's already a weird enough encounter like you're driving down like the interstate and then on the other side is just a guy just booking it down going as fast as you um but in the opposite direction and he waves and keeps going otherwise has like the expert that like glazed over look when you're stuck in uh on the freeway for too long on his like upper half his lower half is just some fucking roadrunner shit Oh, that's amazing. Checks yes, his watch every once in a while. Just a total blur. <laughs> I do like the Flintstones car, though. Like, but a real one. It's just got, lo- like, no bottom to the car. Yeah, just... there's a nice, very nice and thick set of boots in the passenger side. Hey, otherwise you're going to wear through them. Uh, yeah, there's fun stopping upon roads. I mean, all the UA games I've been in, just there's always a lot of getting from point A to point B. And sometimes you can stop for a bit and smell the uh magic roses you know just throw some weird shit in there um now next what we got we got some rituals which um i think these are pretty fun it does the thing that i think a good ritual even the effects are eh, uh if it's just some weird sort of fucking process that's the bit of the ritual i like honestly i understand the mechanical part is the actual effect but the ritual action is what really makes or breaks something for me. I was getting some definite vibes from reading these rituals that Justin Myland or Miland was, you know, trying to come up, like, driving around, yeah. thinking about rituals and noticing things. And they're like the, the fuzzy dice with the angel eyes. And I like Traffic Jam because it took it took me a minute and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it. Traffic Jam is cool. Traffic Jam is um, it's, it's unexpected, like, the way it comes together. Uh, even though the effect is something that it's, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, a plume of exhaust. But how you get it, it, it it's, it's fun. It's fun. It makes sense. I like most of these. Uh, the most interesting ones by Saturn's Chariot, if only because, like, okay, you want to make a ritual more interesting? Add some, uh, add some infanticide. Why not? Not infanticide. Oh, no, it just needs to be your child. It just needs your child. The child could be grown up. With this, it's all about you're stealing the identity, one of the identities of your child or one of your children. Uh, if you put the baby in there, you're not going to get an identity because ba- babies have urges like demons because that's what they are. <laughs> you have to have an adult to have an identity. Yeah, but also if, if you just want the straight up years, just throwing them in the car as soon as you got one is probably the most efficient way. Otherwise, there's too much. To, for reference, uh, what this ritual does is you strap a child to the your you, you strip the caster straps their child to the driver's seat with mistletoe. Drive sickles okay, into don't, them, don't, don't, and then don't give the full details. You know, you know this happens for you know we don't want any copycats again. We we can't just make references like oh hey this ritual involves child murder without giving a little bit of detail. You know, you put your the ritual involves the caster putting their child in a lethal car crash. I'll go that far at least. And if they die, then they get they add years under their natural life expectancy. So obviously the best way to go about this would be to just as soon as you got a kid on hand you put it in the driver's seat send it down the hill you know the the more time you have with a kid the younger the better here the more time you have the kid the more of the chance there is to get attached right it's true but it gives you it's it also is a self-ten check yes I, i'm 
yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yes, one d ten as it years should to your be. Life. It's it's wildly varying in how useful it is because you might just get like a year. Yeah, of extra. You get an extra. You gain an average of five years. <laughs> it's expensive. This ritual, um, in term, in in to your soul and also just to. It's obviously something that bad guys use. I wouldn't see many player characters using this one. No, I agree. Because it's fucked up. And I can't see, imagine someone doing this that often, or really even more than once. The situation I can imagine a player character doing this is like, all right, you decide your player character is a parent, and their kid just turned out real fucked up. You don't know what happened, but they turned really bad, and some sort of conflict happens in the campaign where they're like, well, I, I, I need to take my kid down. They're murdering people or just doing some real heinous shit, and while I'm killing them, might as well get something extra out of it. That's fair. You know, two birds, one stone. You're just making excuses for... Yeah. Uh, what's the word? The opposite of patricide? Uh, I don't actually... Because, yeah, I thought infanticide, but infanticide implies a certain thing about the age, right? Yeah. But maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not good with my... Uh, with your sides. Etymology. With your murder etymology. Which gets very complex. It does. It does. Uh, yeah, let's move on to some artifacts here. Which is your favorite of these ones, Torm? I will say that I do like just some of the, the, the simplicity... Of the astral flare, it's 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 just it's, it's useful. Exactly what I it's think doing. it needs a bit. <laughs> it, it should look like something <laughs> other than a road flare, maybe, or it should be a road flare with some extra spice added onto it. You know, maybe. But I like that it doesn't look like anything other than a road flare because some artifacts don't look spicy. Sometimes they just look what they get like. Well, yeah, are. but like you know, at the very least, have some mystic, some weird mystic shit that's been like drawn on it with a ballpoint pen or something, right? Thinking like a pony. You don't need it if you don't need it. You need it. If no, you need I know. But, but I, I, I like that little bit of extra spice. Yeah, sometimes you just don't need it. But then the, the, there's the question of how the fuck you make one of these. Good point. You find them. Because these are very minor artifacts. I guess maybe you just put put a few charges into a road flare, maybe? I'm a fan of the Dorian Dancer. That's a fun Dorian one. Dorian Dancer's cool. Yeah. Little... Little hula girl that takes uh, any damage that you would take from car accidents instead. It's one of those things, that it's like a proxy that takes the damage for yeah. you. And I feel that with lots of PCs, like when they have a proxy that like dies for them or takes the brunt of attacks on them or whatever, people get quite callous. But when it's a little hula girl, when it's an inanimate object, you'll find people are like, oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, little Ulla. I, I do think that's how people use. be. I, yeah, this is the exact sort of thing that, especially you're lonely out on the open road for months. This is definitely the sort of thing that you'd end up projecting a lot of humanity onto. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of that. Um, it has Jane the um, God. What's the fucking term for just car? But like the uh, is it, oh, there you go. The body. Um, yeah, just the body of James, the Porsche that James Dean crashed in. That should means that the artifact should be called Dean's body because that would be his trunk and name. <laughs> yeah, instead of his spider. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of folklore surrounding this thing, and I like the spin. This isn't in there, the text necessarily, but I like the spin that just that car came out wrong. It was cursed before James Dean even bought it. Oh yes, it was a coincidence yeah. that James did. It, it wasn't. It wasn't cursed because some random celebrity died in it. It was cursed. It just was already cursed. It came out like that, like cr how Christine came off the lot. Something wrong with the car. Something's still wrong with it. It's a collector's item, and there's lots of um, these sort of artifacts that are just wrong. Um, 
fucked up cars because collect car collectors will often have like a, a lot of cars generally speaking um and there are people who just have like giant yards just filled with old cars and with the number of like bad wrong cars out there and artifact cars there's going to be a few that are just like around in places that they shouldn't be and can be got I'm trying to think of any fun car artifacts. artifacts yeah car artifacts if you will maybe like a cassette tape of Ziggy Stardust that does some weird shit when you play it uh, it ha- it's like the shell of a Ziggy Stardust cassette tape but has the best the greatest hits of the cars recorded over it uh, I feel that like with those sort of artifacts if they're like cassettes I feel the if it's Ziggy Stardust it should be like an 8 track is it the right yeah thing? you're right well yeah. I mean they, they made cassettes out of that of course but you're right it should be an 8 track instead um, well, but there weren't many 8-tracks in cars, right? They were kind of prohibitively big, weren't they? They still had them in cars. They were, they were, they okay. were there. Okay. They were big. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it was more of one of those things that you could go and really fit in a van conveniently. Though they've, there's probably been a lot of miniaturization that's happened since then. So, like, granted, Aurasite is your planet, but that's a bit easy. Yeah, like, think about, like, the components of a car. What could you get? Like, what's in a car? Oh, sure. There could be, like, a, a, a lucky spare wheel that you could never actually use. It's just lucky. Uh, no, nah, it's a bit simple. It's something to do with a spare wheel. <laughs> a jack know. that if you put something up on it, it stays up for like an hour even after you pull away the jack. Oh, that's cool. That's that's. I'm not sure how useful that. Actually, no, I can see uses for that. Or it's just it, it, it can jack anything that you can fit it under. Um, or jump cables that on. work with any sort of source of energy. You put them on a person and attach them to a car battery. All the energy, you know, person to car energy. You're not getting much energy in the car, but uh, you put the jumper cables from a person into the car, person just passes out. Or 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 it just kills them. Or it just and kills them. starts again. Sure, maybe. Because that could be that that's suitably cruel. It's yeah, but like, like that's normally what out. happens if you attach a person to jumper cables attached to a car battery, so not if it's a dead car battery. That's true. That's true. That, that's the whole idea. I'm thinking of it more like... Um, okay, that's it's fine. It's like um, Anton Chigua with his car's broken down and some good Samaritan stops to help him out. Just puts jumper cables on their ears? Was, yep, and then they and they die and he drives away. Yep. Tops it's, off it's, the it's, car. It's a villainous Gives thing. you a full de- gas tank and tops off the car's battery all in one swoop? Yes. Yeah, it has to like... Yeah, it definitely fills up the car battery. It fills up everything. It uh, fills up the wiper fluid. It fills up the drink that's in the, it's in the cup holder and off you go. <laughs> There's a lot you could do with the cigarette lighter port, too, I think. Well, that's the thing. The good thing about that, the cigarette lighter port, is the fact that it hasn't really gone away. It's been adapted yeah. for USB. It, yeah, it's just stuff. like what power outlets are like in cars. It was used famously in the return, the Twin Peaks return. The, um, what was it, representing fire or light and whatever. Uh, it, whatever, all, whatever. it represents all the shit that electricity represents with David Lynch stuff, which is a big can of worms. He, he has a thing with electricity. All right. Well, now this is good. Yep. Um, yep. The artifacts are fun. Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot you can do with that. Uh, I'm a fan of a lot of these NPCs. Like, they're solid. Yes. They're fleshed out. Um, some I like more than others. Um, I think my favorite's probably Eddie Tucker, the guy who gets in... Um, God, what's the fucking term? Fender Denners? Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, like, not full-on accidents, but just, like, the, you know, the little things that nick them up, but he's a good enough driver that he can make it look like the other guy's fault. And he just he he just likes feeling good about himself. He just likes helping people, even if he has to engineer those situations to help people. I can understand the mentality behind yeah. that. 
Um, I'm not sure how to really interact with him though. Uh, yeah. Character. I do enjoy for the most the one that's the most interesting to interact with. I feel is um, uh, Maria Nueves because she has got a goal. She wants to join the Hush Hush Secret Charger races, um, and I like like yeah, I've not made um, much of a secret of like not being that impressed by like the modern terminology of ponies and checkers yeah. and chargers but <laughs> yes. in this contest i like it it's chargers chargers only, only. <laughs> and i don't mean dodge <laughs> yeah i smiled at that too yeah that is probably the best character that actually has like a goal but i would like there's not it didn't feel like she had that much character to her i guess yeah i don't mind that like she seems like she's She's, she's a street racing law student. See, I want she's, more she's of that fine. conflict emphasized because, like, most of the conflict is that she experiences seems to be like, all right, discrimination, which, sure, but I want some. I find a character's most interesting when they got a bit of inner conflict. And I want that inner conflict of, I'm a street racer and also an aspiring lawyer. That's, yeah, that is quite the. Because, like, if nothing else, conflict. street racing is really fucking dangerous. I would. I can sort of see how I would run her. Yeah, um, there's that kind interesting of, stuff to be gleaned from her there, but it's not quite on the text quite as much. I think I would just base her on um. Oh, what's her name from um? Uh, Better Call Saul. Um, Jimmy's Jimmy's girlfriend yeah. slash friend. Um, what's her name? Uh, I haven't seen Better Call Saul, so. Um, oh okay. Well, because she's um she's a lawyer and she's like trying to be a good lawyer. But she gets tempted, like, she's good. Like, she gets um, wrapped up in some of Jimmy's, like, con artist schemes. And she finds she quite enjoys it. And she sort of has to resist, like, that tendency of, like, yeah, she likes conning people. There's something about street racing that's really interesting there. Because, I mean, personally, I I guess I think of street racing as such, like, a selfish crime to commit. Yes. Because it's purely just thrill-seeking and, you know, I guess a bit of cash, too. But there's... There's better ways to get that money. Uh, easier ones, even. Especially if you're a well, if you're a law student, yeah, it works you need if money. you're a lawyer. Yeah, you need money, and also it is a, a very quick way to make sure that you don't go past the bar. Like, yeah, you've got like a felony. Yeah, this is very risky for her. Honestly, the way I think I'd make her a bit more interesting is if she had more, like a significant number of self-hardened notches because she only has two just make it be like she acknowledges that's hypocritical but she finds it so fun she doesn't really care like it started as a like okay this is i'm good at this and it's a way for me to get money for law school but now she's at the point where like the law school is the fallback for when she's no longer young and spry enough to be a street racer not how it works but okay it's a good way to think, though. It's a good well, way to, uh, I, you probably need some real fucking good reflexes to be a street racer, you know? And you're going to lose that. It, it's like doing esports, right? A lot of that fine motor skills and reflexes get blunted a bit as you get older. And I, I meant that law school is not much of a fallback if you're a street racer. Well, yeah, like that's, that's the thing. It's like if she had to make a choice between street racing and law school, she's going to choose street racing. I think that's an interesting character. That is cool. I, I would almost take these points that she's got in the MVP and just put them into the other ones. She doesn't need the MVP points. She could just like be a really good street racer and a, a fairly good law student. Those are useful skills. And she wants to... Because she wants to become a charger. She wants to find out about the secret races. So she doesn't need the magic because she's going towards the magic. She's, so give her the mundane skills, but her obsession or her, her goal is to find the truth. 
and then you could like she would work well as a, a, a like a pre-gen um, in that way because she has a clear goal and when like she's easy to con- insert into a campaign too i think because like all right say you take a ton of this the stuff from this book and make a very road slashed street themed ua campaign inevitably you're gonna end up with some sort of breaking some sort of law and end up needing some sort of lawyer so and because there's the of course occult underground street racing happening adjacent to the events leading up to you reaching your objective you reach out to maria and you're like hey you'd figure out how to defend us in court uh we'll get you in on the street racing i would almost upgrade it to like a state prosecutor you know yeah that might that uh, the, the players have like fallen afoul of and she's a problem and this could be an issue it's like a blowback a part of blowback where the players are like oh god we've got this we've actually got i can't believe the gm is actually making us go through the court cases oh no but then you just introduce you're like wait a minute that 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 driver looks in in this in the illegal street race looks exactly like the state prosecutor Ooh, looks like you might have some leverage better go she's still wearing her pantsuit and everything oh that's fun or she has like some kind of like a, a tell yeah like some some like uh, something she does or says and it becomes very obvious they're like wait a minute that's Marin. yeah <laughs> but i love like the <laughs> i love the image of like the straight laced lady in a pantsuit driving like this super fucking souped up fucking fast and the furious ass modified car with like leds underneath it and shit you know wearing a slight disguise sunglasses and all that stuff but otherwise looks like a very official lawyer compared to all the other dudes with like a bunch of tattoos and jewelry and shit no it's fun i I, i'm imagining like she comes in a very respectable looking sedan and she's looked down upon but then she turns the light the under the under whatever those lights are called and like she has a button that jazzes it up or something maybe or she just sticks to the the standard sedan i don't know it's a cool character yeah there's some fun stuff in here um some of the stuff kind of reminds me of um i mean like one of the biggest sort of ua things that kind of nail that occult underground feel and fiction crash is a big one uh jg ballard's i haven't seen that i, I think you're i thought you're a ballard fan i know of ballard okay shit i thought you were into jg ballard oh never mind you've never seen it either fuck any sort of story about a weird subculture has a lot to steal from for ua and crash yes. being about these people that get turned on by car crashes is very UA-esque. The other one that comes to mind is uh, Chuck Palahniuk's rant. Oh, yeah, I've read that a long time ago. Yeah, the one about the people that time travel using car crashes. Um, yeah, the car crash, because of the importance of cars in modern culture and specifically modern America. It's sort of culture, the like, American psychology. The psychology of America, yeah, there's a lot... Car crash has a lot in it, so a lot of these guys feel like they kind of have that tone of just people that would be naturally on the edge of some sort of occulted vehicle-related subculture. And that's good, and that's the sort of NPCs you want, or GMCs rather, in a book like this. Alright, what's next here then? We got the groups. Alright, we got two of them. There's Knights of the Black Round, which are these sort of, I guess, millennialist bikers waiting for their king to one day return that, that's the thing the one th- the thing that makes the knights of the black round 
super interesting to me is that they believe that their their true king is going to reincarnate and come back. Not necessarily reincarnate, even just somehow come back. It's so it's like those um the the Buddhist monks who go yeah. around looking for the next Dalai Lama, but they're bikers. That's a good image. Yeah, I agree. Like looking for a kid that somehow has some sort of biker-related knack. They're down like where the kids are like uh, pedaling around on their on push bikes and like doing tricks, and they're like watching for any sign that the true king is back in in child form, and then they'll kidnap. And like that would be uh, uh, an interesting objective. Like um, the PCs, one of the PCs' friends, or. Um, their kid has been kidnapped by bikers and the PCs have to go find them and they realize, oh wait, the bikers think that this kid is their true king and then they're like, well, is is he their true king? He might very well be. My issue with these guys, there's a lot of shit I like, but my issue with them is that it talks a lot about their activities in like the later half of the 20th century. What have they been up to recently? Well, they have expanded. Yeah, they've expanded. They're bigger. They're still running drugs and... Um, doing usual biker, but like that's the thing. Like biker gangs are kind of dying or becoming like this sort of very boomer. The the trappings have been appropriated into this very boomer hobby, pretty much. The actual gangs, there's not that many of them left. Um, so if that's not the case for these guys, that's definitely cool. Talk about that. Talk about how they're maybe recruiting some younger people out of the occult underground, and so they have more young people in them than most biker gangs do that might be the case in the u.s but it's not the case in australia okay uh, i'm talking purely the biker US. gangs are still quite powerful okay, okay. Uh, well they're still in terms of being like um uh crime fronts yeah i'm talking about like hell's angels sort of stuff which they're still around but the membership definitely skews pretty old okay well that could be uh you could bring that that could be uh part of it you know it's it's getting old yeah that's another um, thing it's just i don't know it's like it, it, nothing after the 90s is really talked about i was like okay what are the how are these guys adapting to the changing landscape? I want to know. It's just, it's one of those questions that's kind of hanging over it. They do say that there's only one of the original lights still left alive, or who still knew Tiny when he was alive, the true king. Biker, bikers, there's a few different, like, biker gangs during the Ananami's mythos, usually called knights, but I think these one, these guys are a fine addition. I am a big fan of the motor court. I like these guys a lot. fun. I, I have a thing for itinerant courts. Um, like wandering courts. Well, yeah, like especially in like uh, the medieval era in Europe, um, out way out in um, not so much a wilderness, but you know, uh, villages that are pretty far removed from um, uh, from like urban centers. Uh, there used to be itinerant courts, you know, collections of bailiffs and their assistants that would go from town to town, deciding on legal problems. A lot of stuff related to property lines, accidentally killed livestock, that sort of thing. With this particular one, with the motor court, because the, the setup is great and it does have that long history, but I'm almost not that interested in the true secrets and details of this. I just like the framing device a lot, honestly. Dogs in the vineyard, Anonami. Yes, and fucking that's, perfect. That's fun. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great setup for like a more episodic UA campaign. Maybe you don't even use the objective stuff. It's just like okay. Each session is you, your cabal rolling up into a different occult underground and dealing with a problem, and then you head back on the road, just like Bruce Banner and the old Hulk TV show, right? Fantastic framing device. Characters are so are okay. Um, yeah. 
that could be replaced by PCs quite easily. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think these guys would be really good as a group of pregens, especially. But yeah, like I'll, I could also see these guys being used. Like, all right, there's some conflict in the local underground. Surprisingly, um, the local chargers decide not to come to blows with it and go through more diplomatic means. So then the motor court rolls into town and there's this whole grimy occult underground court case that goes down. They go in the woods somewhere and there's like a jury of local chargers. Sounds like a, sounds like a lot of fun. I like the idea that like the, everyone knows the motor, motor court's out there and they're considered like they're neutral and they, they, they're binding um, through whatever like well they just they just they're respected, respected. enough yeah they're respected enough that their judgment is given weight and followed so ha- imagine this imagine this is a, a frame um so there's like it's a small town somewhere in america land and there's two cabals that are, have been fighting it's like maybe it's a uh, very much like a feud that's gone on for a long time and they want to and they decided to come, come together but they just can't sort it out so all the pcs are members of both sides that have been sent out with the express purpose of finding and luring the motor court to to solve the problem once go. and for all. There you go. Yeah, drawing their attention. Yeah, I like that a lot. There, there's cool stuff you can do. These guys get like the, the characters are decent, um, but it's more just that idea of the itinerant occult underground court that I think is really interesting to me. And it sounds like that's kind of your opinion too. No, I agree. I like this sort of thing. I like it when it's like um, a cult underground, sort of dingy, um, what's the word for it? Um, so, like attempts at structure. Yeah. Attempts to rationalize things. But very um, ad hoc. It's fun. Okay, after this we got some identities and there's not many of them, but there are a few of these that I like a lot. I think my favorite is probably leaded. Oh, it's a feature. There should be more features like this. Features are, are good and under under included. Leaded is an identity feature that means your character uh, experienced chronic lead poisoning. It allows you to uh, flip flop uh, attempts to coerce through violence. Like, all right, that solid, sure, solid mechanical great. benefit. Yep. And it's just like, yeah, I could, I, I could very easily think of a. Uh, UA character that's one of their things is yeah they they have lead poisoning and it has fucked them up if I ever play my immortal Roman legionary oh, character perfect he's, he's gonna have perfect. lead <laughs> yeah there you go um highly hypnotist is fun uh lets you it lets people ask you questions three but you gotta you know enter that zoned out state when you're driving along the freeway after a while you don't remember any of it you know you turn in the door Oracle Delphi, but through the road instead of strange volcanic fumes. I think Built for Tough is the most useful one in any kind of like heavily car-based campaign. And that supernatural entity means that you can just walk around like whatever car shenanigans are going on, and you might you'll probably be okay. Um, I think it's it's useful. I would I would I could see a character with this. I just like the image of a guy that's, like, tattooed the sort of shit you'd normally see on, like, political bumper stickers. You know what I mean? Yep. Or, hell, just a guy that's covered in those bumper stickers. You know, like, the Q bumper shit? There's that subreddit that's just... I forget the exact name of it. There's that subreddit that's just people posting cars covered with, like, QAnon sort of shit bumper stickers. 
it sort of it's, it reminds me vaguely of that um that second edition uh ritual where you wrap your fists in like a Bruce yeah, Lee tape. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like you're just covered in bumper stickers and it protects you from vehicular collisions. I mean Oh, I'm just imagining a guy that's just like this for some some weird reason. And for maybe maybe he can't pull the bumper stickers off, but he's still all about them. His skin is this patchwork of conservative bumper stickers, of, of jingoistic bumper stickers. It's the permanent, like, glue. Yeah. He cannot take these off. It's not good for his skin. He might not even have skin anymore. This, that, that is his skin now. Where his skin was, there's just a, a, a sticker of Calvin pissing on uh, the Democratic Party. And symbol. let's go Brandon on his bicep. Let's go... <laughs> That's right. Let's go, Brandon. Should be a supernatural identity. A topical one. It's a potent symbol, I think. It's a potent symbol. Like, yes. I mean... Well, the let's, go, let's go, Brandon thing could be, in a way, it's similar. It reminds me vaguely of um, Anagram to Betraya. Sure. Of just like, you're saying things to people that vaguely rhymes with what you're trying to say, uh, with the right cadence. And, and the right meter. Across, yeah, maybe. yeah. That's good. Yeah, right, That's meter, good. yeah. There's a lot of car magic around, and I'm surprised we haven't seen more stuff related to bumper stickers. Cars plastered in bumper stickers are just one of the most iconic images of the American weird to me. Well, even if you look at any kind of collection of UA images, like on the Facebook group or anything like that, there's always lots of pictures of weird cars, not just the bumper stickers, but also cars that are just covered in, like, uh, writing. Yeah, that's a big like, one. There's one about how all, all disease is... B- uh, made on computer and things like that it's in the town where i grew up there was this uh guy that used to drive around with an old winnebago covered in uh plushies right there was writing a big old billboard on the side uh for the presidential candidacy of one of said uh, stuffed animals oh nice i remember my ex-housemate's brother's car like it, it was completely covered on the top with um army men that he glued on all right and things like that nice like thing. and i was wondering you could do stuff with that with like toys and stuff like there's that there's a tiktok that's going around with like um some guys like talking to a cop um in like a semi-aggressive way but it's an act and then he looks he's like hey that's 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 lit and it's like a little woody thing on the back of the cop's bike and the the, the, the one i like about it is the cop points at it and just says woody <laughs> <laughs> no, he says it in a All way right. that's just nice. so funny, as if we wouldn't know. Um, but I'm wondering, yeah, sticking stuff on your car, like like in the same way that the Vikings would put the dragons yeah, on the Yeah, exactly, and- exactly. Personalizing your vehicle is a one of the best means of asserting your asserting your control and asserting it as something, a extension of yourself and your identity. You know, which this yes, game's all yes. about. So. Yeah, could you do do some like uh, gutter magic type things with like putting like symbol symbols on top of your car? Uh, speaking of magic, yes, we got a whole bunch of adept schools and archetypes. I think they're pretty interesting. Two of them are kind of different spins on Viaturgy in certain ways. Like Cardomancy is it's close to Geomancy. It's I thought it a, was very Urbanomancy for me. And they hell even calls out to Cleomancy and well yeah or or Banomancy and the you know sort of true king concept too yeah but at least the Cartomancer like they get to they can like um they can could they choose where their territory is and say like this is my area um and it can grow and it can shrink and they can lose it and it's like it's much more dynamic 
Yeah, but how does it do those things? How are those things determined? We don't know. It's not written up. They do have details about how, like, um, because they have to go around and it says here they can change the size of their atlas or uproot themselves completely and move to new turf. turf. This costs all their charges and it takes a week of adjustment during which they cannot gain charges. So yeah, but can, how can they expand they can their atlas if they've already established one? It says they can change the size of their atlas. Okay. Um, but it takes a week, of, a week of adjustment during which they, they can't charge. Um, yeah, what's so the limitations, yeah, you know? This is the kind of stuff that I want to know. Like, limitate, how big can it get? It probably can, it probably can get big, but you have to patrol it then. Um, remember, it's all about uh, the taboo, I believe, is that... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, they can't leave. Okay. I did like the taboo. I would think that, like, in the taboo, they should actually, like, have to patrol their territory yeah. to keep it. I think that should be part of the taboo. Like, to maintain control, they have to go around it. Because they charge from it. They definitely charge from it. But they don't... It doesn't say... Like, it does say that you get some extra charges for exploring an area in your turf that you haven't seen before. But I feel that the taboo... The taboo makes sense in terms of, like... You have to only stay to man-made roads. Yeah, I like that, um, but it, it, since so much of the core mechanic is their atlas, it, there should be more emphasis placed on that, I agree. I, I feel that the flying in a major airliner or going out to sea breaks taboo. It, I don't know, it seems unnecessary. Well, especially when their paradox is supposed to be the freedom of the road, but they're constrained being in certain roads, but then the only penalty they get from being off of their atlas is a minus 10 penalty and that's only after like 24 hours it should be more emphasized it should be cumulative like every 24 hours is another minus 20 10 percent until you're yeah you're having problems and maybe an increasing uh stress check every, per day like because you want the flexibility of um if uh, your pc is a cardomancer so like sometimes you need to go somewhere yeah, yeah. um else but like having that like a cardomancer works fine as a PC if most of the time you're just all in one area um, but having a little bit of flexibility to go away from it would be good useful for play but also just having that yeah the taboo well not the taboo but the uh, the shift is, is significant after I, a while. I do like the whole like man-made limitation for the taboo because that is that like that's a good taboo for, for me because I think any decent taboo needs to be something that someone playing adept needs to constantly think about that they need to constantly keep in mind you know it's not it doesn't just destroy the game how to deal with their taboo but it needs to be something that they're concerned with and provides them with limitations that they need to think of how to get around it says you can't go out on a hike because that's right out a walk in the forest is right out but what if you go on a walk in the forest with a weed whacker I, I like the I, I I just like the man-made limitation because you can go into nature it just seems to be highly cultivated like you could go into Central Park I'd imagine right yeah that, that, of course yeah it's um it's maintained it's um yeah it has to be altered by human hands somehow so I my argument would be a weed whacker is altering it so as long as you keep the weed whacker in front of you and you're cutting all the you know, you can you just you just can't step off <laughs> where you whacked. <laughs> That is the exact sort of argument a cardomancer would make, too. So, I, I'd probably ask for something a bit more if you're driving around in, like, a cement, a cement paver. 
Uh, no, I would like the weed whacker because it's dangerous because you could run out of the fuel on your weed whacker or battery or whatever it well, is. Well, then you just walk and, back because it's been touched yeah, by... But what, yeah, but then you've got a trail and there might be people waiting on your trail and you can't step off your trail and, without breaking taboo. No, yeah, that's good. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think I like that. Maybe something more than a weed whacker. It's a ride on lawnmower. There you go. Into the there forest. you go. Yeah, was cardamancer going around everyone or riding lawnmower. Like, even places that are, like, very off-road that this thing does not work well for. Maybe another way to hold that is it, you can go to non-man-made locations, but you need to do it in some sort of man-made vehicle, right? So, like, you can you have a bit more flexibility there, but you can't leave your car. That's interesting. That's interesting, yeah. You're out of fuel, and you just you can't leave the car without losing all your charges, and you're out of your turf. Um, you can't. You're uh, maybe the road is is nearby. But the riding mower is also a lot of fun. So, eh, fuck it, maybe both. Um, the the big thing Different is tactics. Yeah, yeah. The other th thing I'd like to see from these guys is, I mean, kind of their whole thing is like public infrastructure in a way, right? Like transportation infrastructure. Yeah. I'd like to see some stuff related to, like, subways and trains. Yeah, but not for this book. You can still include that, I think. That's for the train book. That's oh, for that's of course. For. Yeah. And the other thing with that is that sort of stuff does have a lot of overlap with their Branomancy, so... I don't have a problem with, like, there being more magic because it's postmodern magic. There's as many types of magic as there are adepts. Sure. I mean, it's fine. Sure. It's just, it's a meta concern if people are like, oh, there's too many magic schools. I'm like, no, it's... it's fine it's not a what you want. number it's a i want it to have a bit more of its own unique identity and unique sure. abilities yeah. thing because like that's the other thing the spells they're just kind of like your typical you get a plus 10 or 20 to this or you yeah can or the cardomancer can learn some things about some information about what's happened recently or is going on in their turf and that's very urbanomancy that's kind of urbanomancy's whole thing that's true. These are useful spells. I feel that a lot of people, when they're running uh, this, the, this, the adept schools up, I don't know if this is the case, but I've found myself falling into this trap before, and I've seen other people do it, where uh, the book three in the like How Magic Works like section, where they include all the different like uh, the costs of different spells, I feel that that list of different spell types has influenced how people write adept schools yeah so they'll be like oh we need one of these i need one of these i kind of agree yeah it's it's become a bit too codified sometimes yeah the thing is like the spells don't really jump out to me um I mean, the one so that's the, i like the names yeah there's names good names good. There's back good to names. winnipeg is a great name the one that sticks out to me is maybe a bit too much is atlas tugged that's the one that just oh, lets yeah. you add to your objective score i know that should probably just be limited like you can do this once per objective right that seems more reasonable to me, or some sort of limitation. Otherwise, just like, okay, here's a really effective way to grind up your objective. Just get three significant charges, which is kind of difficult, but more reliable than most means to get objective up. And it means you're less likely to interact. It gives you less motivation to interact with all the other crazy stuff happening in the local underground, you know? The, the spell effect doesn't quite match the, uh, the spell name, Atlas Tugged. Atlas Tugged really should be a Pravaturgy spell. Listen, all I, I had a very specific design goal on that one. All of the spell names needed to be euphemisms for jerking off. Never heard Atlas Tugged, so that's out right there.
Fair enough. I'm sure Fair Ayn enough. Rand got up to plenty of it in her free time, but it's not a phrase I've heard much. Ayn Rand. Anyway. Ayn Rand. Um, now, yeah, I mean, I think the way to give this thing a bit more of a unique identity is to really dial down on, like, the road aspect and control. Because, like, Viaturgers are very much about control over the car, whereas Cardamancers are more about control over the road. And it should just be information about the ro road. You know, there should be shit like spontaneously creating potholes and sinkholes. Things that other things that simulate lack of road maintenance. Maybe you could spend magic to, um, like, if you have to, if you really have to get off the the beaten track, you could like summon road. There you like, go. You could create sure. a road, but it's permanent. You've made a road there. Yeah. For example, I was walking the other day past a train station, and there was very obvious where the the footpath or the sidewalk goes, and it went all the way around. It, like it was a. Uh, on the side of the road where the road was and it went all the way to the end of the road and went around and because of the shape of the road and the shape of where things were it was annoying and it was very obvious that people just turned off the sidewalk and went diagonally across and there was like that that very classic like they haven't built they haven't made the sidewalk properly so everyone's walked along this area and you can see the trail in the in the dead grass but like, I was thinking, like, what's to stop someone from the, the middle of the night coming and like putting a road, putting a sidewalk here, and then going away? <laughs> that could be fun. Like, you can make roads, but it's like limited to places where there's already some sort of path, whether like a hiking trail or like a gravel road or something. Or no, it's a place where there should be a road or a path at least, and it's it's obvious that they should be. So it's less about not. the road and more about paving something that's already there. Yeah. Another one that comes to mind is like, okay, maybe you can designate a certain chunk of road and stop it from degrading. That makes sense. Potholes won't happen. Even if, like, some car starts doing donuts or something to mark it up, it just won't get marked. It is this pristine section of road. There's the, there's the uh, significant charging method of driving a runic pattern that creates a symbolic that. journey. That's fun. I would allow that to be used to create like somewhat more impressive gutter magic effects yeah almost. definitely like it's like gutter magic but like i because I, i've always feel like there should be like an upgrade to gutter magic like because gutter magic is cool and it's flexible but it, it's limited in its scope but if you're creating a symbolic journey with a road ruin it should you should be able to do some cool stuff with that like specific stuff i was bummed that there's no like explicit major charge just kind of posed out oh there's rumored ones like no give us give us one yeah though sometimes admittedly some of the major charges get real weird full miniaturgies comes to mind of one is like you invent a historically significant firearm and then the other one is you build a fire you build a firearm from scratch like totally from scratch the level of you mine the saltpeter yourself. That's fun, though. I like, I like that one. I, I it's cool, one. but I think it's more ritual fodder than... Because it doesn't really feel relevant to the way Fulminaturgy operates otherwise, you know? For this one, for Cardamancy, it's, uh, the theories are... Being the first person to drive 333 miles on a newly constructed transcontinental mega highway might work. Eh. Eh. Getting a massive 12-lane highway, a freeway lane after them. Eh. I don't know. I like the, it's got, uh, you can either make a runic route that incorporates every street in your territory and drive it in just the right order. That's fun because it just, it suggests that there's lots of cardomancers just like, um... Trying these different routes, yeah. Yeah. But how do you know what the right order is? 
You know, th th I want this stuff to be stuff I can, if I'm a player, I'm going to know what to aim for, you know? A whole, it's a whole story. You have to create an entire symbolic, like, trilogy <laughs> of stories. Um, <laughs> now, that works because then you have that, the, the Cutter at home, like, they're George R.R. R. Martin, but it's just like there's the Road Atlas, like, pages all over the wall and, like, coming up with characters. Well, actually, that never becomes too narrative and it sounds like a different kind of magic, but still. That's actually an interesting idea of, like, the emphasis on the Atlas, maybe something that's... That could be something to make this a bit more interesting. Maybe they have, to a certain degree, power over maps on their Atlas, too. Like, you can designate area, you can create... You, like, you know how a lot of uh, old atlases have fake roads that the map makers use as sort of a um, maker's mark? Yes. You fake can roads, add yeah, those, yeah, those to atlases, or you could designate areas as not being on maps that actually are, that should be, rather. That's interesting. Um, I'm just imagining, like, some people, like, driving away from a card of Mansa, and he's like, you been, um, I'm not letting you get away. Pulls open his road atlas and, like, draws a line over a road, and then, like, suddenly there's construction, or the road is just, like, un impassable or whatever. That could be an interesting taboo, too. Like, you can't use... Actually, that might be mentioned that you can't use, um... I think one of these has that. You aren't allowed to use, um, GPS. You can only use road atlases in your own, uh... Memory to get around. That 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 should be the way it is. You have to. Yeah, it's it's, it's the it's it's like the um. Oh, this is before before GPS. I remember that they did a like they did some MRI scans and some brain studies that were comparing um trackers like hmm. Aboriginal trackers in Northern Australia and discovered there were parts of their brain because they were trackers and had to like figure out know where they were and where they were going. Like there were parts of the there was part of their brain that was like more developed than normal but they found oh, yeah. the same thing in um london taxi drivers makes sense um, at the time because they, they had to know where to go and i've heard tell that like that particular skill has atrophied somewhat because of gps oh, um it's sort of it's sort of it's sort of it's very similar to me to how um like back in the day before we had writing people just had better memories for like oral storytelling and like traditional cultures that have an oral storytelling tradition, they'll they have like amazing ability to just like tell an entire like consistent narrative, um, and that's atrophied somewhat because we rely on the written word, and now we're relying on GPS. And I think for a Carter man said that they would they wouldn't stand for that sort of nonsense, doing things the old-fashioned way. And like it, a, a lot of good adept schools have some sort of element of luddism to it, right? And a adept school that's all about maps would of course be probably have very low opinions of the automatic kind because it dulls that navigational sense and of course where man's ability to navigate is actually stored in the pineal gland and this shit writes itself that's right that's right the third um, eye is the one that you use to look at the road they've taken all the adrenochrome from the london taxi drivers yes yes um, that's how it's worked. They, they, that, that, the whole like Pizzagate, the pedophile cult thing. It's just, it's just a cover for the exploitation of taxi drivers uh, by big GPS. Well, yeah, by rideshare, obviously. Uh, obviously, all of this is just one big anti. Obviously, Lyft and Uber are just big anti-cardomancer conspiracies. There you go. Of course, of course. But yeah, I, I do think the spells kind of get a bit to paint my numbers for cardamancy at least the other ones 
I like a lot, actually. So let's go to Saboturgy next, which are kind of a mirror image to Cartomancy. Their whole thing is about fucking up roads and cars. Uh, I really like their ways, uh, their methods of charging. Just fucking up the roads. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. It, but like that's you know that's something that's hard to get away with. Yes. Very hard. So it's it's a cool charging method, and then generating a major charge, you need to destroy an entire thoroughfare, which is like okay, cool. Generating minor charges is pretty easy. You just go and steal some road signs and and like. Yeah. Like, f fuck with some cars. Like, you just need to disable a vehicle, like yeah. sugar in the gas tank, a few this cars in a car park, yeah, this and then hard. off you go. Though, a, a lot of my favorite spells in this thing are the ones that let you fuck with road signs. Danger three yes. curves ahead and stop merge limit. You can just get rid of road signs, you can change the contents of them. The minor version of the spells let you change one road sign to a different one, or just get rid of it. The significant one lets you, like, write weird shit on the road signs, which is a lot of fun. Honestly, I could see Cardomancers and Saboturgy getting, being like kind of the same school and having access to the same spells. I don't know, like, Saboturgy doesn't have a paradox. It needs a paradox. Ooh, it does. There's not one mentioned. The only one of these that has a paradox mentioned is Cardomancy. They're kind of like uh, Machumancers of the road. Uh, in yeah, a way. that's the thing. They're very similar to Machumancy, but a bit more specialized. I'd, I'd rather just, like, you steal some of the spells for Saboturgy. Put them into cardomancy, give rid of some of the blander cardomancy spells, and there you go. Mm. Like, it makes sense for a guy that has control of public infrastructure to be able to change road signs and stuff, I think. That's true, and it's such, such a good spell. Such a fun spell. Um, yeah, there's some good ones here. Um, I like traffic cam a lot. You can find out what's happening on a particular road um, with the more... That's another thing that, like, cardomancers should be able to do Yeah, as well. like, yeah. Uh, you can. You mentioned the whole thing about starting road construction. You can do that with one of the one of the uh, saboturgy charges, one of their saboturgy spells. You can cause, well, not just cause road construction. You can make road construction go on for longer, which is fun. Go on forever. Yep. Just keep putting charges into it. Soldiers' resolve was weird to me because it's doesn't. It's not super thematic and just kind of like, okay, you don't do stress checks. How is that relevant to these guys? Being a wrench job means you're gonna have a hard life. I mean, that's a lot of adepts. These two feel a bit spread thin, and I think well, I, there's a lot of good stuff here. But honestly, I'd rather just you take the good bits from both of them, put them together. But the problem is they're they're, they're thematic in different ways. So the whole thing with the cardomancy is how much it's dedicated to uh, public infrastructure, right? And I think there's a really good paradox there with sort of saboteurgy activities, where it's like, all right. The paradox is you're proving the necessity of public infrastructure by damaging it. Yeah, that actually makes sense. And it's also kind of like you, that's how you establish your atlas. You leave your mark on the road. Okay, that's the thing because if you are wanting to prove to people that they're trapped by the fact that they need a car, like fucking up their car is not going to like make that clear. They're just going to be like, they'll just immediately realize how constrained they are by the fact that their car is not running. They're gonna blame that on hashtag society. They're gonna blame that on the asshole that keyed their car. They're not gonna like wave their fist at the sky and go, Henry Ford! Yeah, yeah. So taking the concepts from these two guys and kind of putting them together, I think there's definitely something to be said there. Because as is, it's a bit, there's a lot of good shit here. I'm just worried with these two schools in particular, it's spread a little bit thin. Now the third one, Petrophagy. I like a lot. I think that's a fun school idea. But my first problem 
is the fact that it's called Petrophagy or Petrophagy or whatever. It's okay. It's Petro. We have Petro state. That's a word. Yeah. Like when, when it's when it's yeah. a prefix. Probably next the L, but I don't care that much. It looks like a choice. I want to see. I want to know the um, all petroleum fancy. No, that's silly. I like petrophagy. Petrophagy. It's how everyone yeah. would probably say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Especially since you know the school's about consuming oil. That's like that's how you get your all your stuff. The charges are weird to me. It's weird that it's just like all right, you get a minor charge by. Having an ounce, a significant charge by having two ounces, and then a major charge by having four ounces. I kind of like that in a way, <laughs> but it has to. Okay, first. I off, think they should be distinct. It's one ounce of petroleum-based fluid. Yeah. Um, and two they get ounces. More specific. Oh yeah, it gets more specific, and you can also get someone else to drink some petroleum somehow. Um, but there's lots of petroleum-based products like the. Isn't they like various like lotions and things? Well, they, they bring actually? up that um, they, they they bring up that where the school came from was people at Huff Gas to get high, and I think yeah. a way you could do that maybe is like all right, huffing gas is what gives you a minor a minor charge. Drinking yep. it, it in like food or something is what gets you the significant, and maybe to get like a major charge. You need to straight up drink a gallon of gas. I like the fact that the major charge is drink crude oil. Yeah, straight, straight up. from the source. But it needs to be more. It needs to be more. That's my issue with it. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, that's the other thing. This is based off of uh, Erstriniturgy, which is the um, cigarette magic. Maybe it has to be crude oil that you've that you found yourself. Well, it's weird that go. like drinking crude oil, at least mechanically, is less bad for you than smoking a ton of cigarettes. That don't seem right. Because, okay, whether... Drinking crude oil is probably worse for you than smoking a ton Yes, of I agree, <laughs> but the thing is, if it, with restrinaturgy, how you get that major charge is you smoke enough to give you cancer. Just straight yeah. up. Whereas with the major charge for this is you just... You instantly go up a stage on the cancer on the cancer meter. Nah, it should be you drink... A, you straight up drink a gallon of oil, and then maybe for each ounce that represents, which I think is like 64 ounces, you need to do one of those rolls. You just you have to drink a drum of it. I like the gallon, because I, I think gallons have a very powerful symbolic resonance with oil. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, you guys true. use liters, right? That's right, everybody uses liters. Hey, maybe, uses gallons. maybe it's localized. Use gallons in Canada? Maybe it's localized. Maybe. You, you, it's whatever is used on gas charts in That's your true. the country you're in so you have to drink a gallon in america you have to drink a liter in other parts of the world the thing about gallon the word gallon to me even though i never use the word gallon but it suggests fuel yes. in a way that liter doesn't i get you like you I can you. you can say gallon of milk i yeah soda here comes in liters still right don't don't come get gallons what you get in gallons in america is milk and oil which is just the milk of guy when you think about it i i feel that when people say like a drinking substance like milk or even soda or whatever is a gallon yeah it, it's it's when they're emphasizing that it's too much or like a large amount i've heard the expression drink a gallon of milk or drink a gallon of x and it's usually trying to emphasize yeah it's a lot yeah it's, it's a bit much yeah 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 i get you but yeah, and the the point is, getting a major charge should give you cancer faster than it does, and it should probably require drinking more oil. That's a quote. That's a quote for the day. A major charge should give you cancer faster, <laughs> and it involves drinking more oil. Because I'm trying to think, like, what is the paradox of these guys? 
Um, Sometimes you just don't have a paradox. They're just Sometimes yeah, the this, weird thing you do. The clergy, Some, the, the, the clergy's looking down at this and it's like, holy shit, that guy's actually drink oil. I'm like, you know what? Throw him a freebie. He's earned it. That's the clergy isn't involved in adept. No, I know. I mean, <laughs> this could just look like an adept school. What's actually just the clergy being like, oh god, these guys are actually doing it. That's hilarious. It's the petrol drinker ad- avatar. The avatar of the huffer. Oh no! Oh no! That would be an interesting, interesting for the next cosmos. Huffers, I think, are like a thing with boats somehow too. How so? Uh, I, I think there's just another definition for it. It does make me wonder, like. Um, the idea that the that gas huffing uh-huh. um, spawned a adept school does make sense to me in a way um, that these sort of things because we know that um, narco alchemy yeah. came from like people the drugs and alcohol and all these sort of things and I'm wondering like I'm trying to think of like what other kinds like there's like people that can't get alcohol so they drink the um, mouthwash yeah. and it's not good to get drunk on mouthwash but I'm like could it create what is, is there a very some Bagikian out there with like mouthwash dipsomancy there should be but uh, what is a good paradox for these guys so their taboo is like they can't do anything to deny the power of oil so they can't use electric vehicles I guess and they also can't admit that their exposure to oil is killing them I do like that one but I almost feel like the first one should be the opposite like maybe these guys are like Oil is not for cars. It's for drinking. You must absorb the power of the dead dinosaurs. Uh, don't just burn it. That's the other thing I'd like to see in these guys. I think there's like some fun, untapped, like, Gaia power of the earth shit here, right? Because a lot of the symbolic stuff here is like pollution. So there should be stuff on like, all right, you can control certain parts of like the ground in ways, I guess. I just want a petro- petrophage who's like a, a member of like a fucked up anti um, Captain Planeteers group. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's so and so with the power of petrol. The petrol ring. Oh, there you go. The Shell Company? That might be a. Um, oh, yeah. The Shell Company. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of NAP School. It's just like, all right, we give you a Captain Planet villain powers. Pollution themed adept, sure. And being a literal gas guzzler. Works very well for that. It does sound like a, a Captain Planet bad guy. Yeah. Gas guzzler. And I like a lot of the spells for that. Like, I like when they dip into the fire theming. That's good. Like, eternal combustion just lets you be immune to fire. Your clothes aren't, but you are. Yeah, it makes sense. And then, you know, you get the great image of a guy, like, just walking out of, like, a burning building. Completely naked. Because all of his clothes have burned off. Just drinking petrol. It should also make you, like, immune to fire smoke. Because that's usually what gets you in big fire. Yeah, that's true. Asphyxiation, so. Yeah, as a GM, I would just be like, yeah, yeah you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're fine. It's, it's smoke. You drink petrol for breakfast, it's fine. Fire breathing is also a fun one. Yeah, it's obligatory, but of course you should be able to breathe fire when you're drinking oil. Though, the one for me that was weird with that was, like, it's a natural five. It's like, dude, I've seen people do that at parties. Not an unnatural five stress check. That's, a... that's one of those things where it's like, you can convince yourself there's a mundane explanation for that. Sure. That, that's one of the issues I kind of have with this document more generally. The stress checks are often a bit higher than I think they should be. Now, if someone pissed fire... Well, that's another thing. Like, I think there should be a spell that like allows you to make your bodily fluids flammable temporarily. Hmm. 
Like your spit, your piss. That makes sense. So you see someone pissing all over a building and then set fire to it. Yeah. <laughs> Walking backwards away from a building while pissing. Well, the other one is just like is a cheap party trick. Like, hey, you want to see something? And they start pissing and put like a lighter right next to their the stream that just catches. That should just be a minor. Well, that's what internal combustion's for, so you don't catch on fire when you pull that. That's right. Slick is a fun spell. You just turn into the oil blob. Oil blob's always good. Yep. I'm not sure about uh, I drink your milk. Yeah, yet. same. Like, okay, you need to have a spell called that, right? You need to have a spell called I drink your milkshake for the oil school. It's obligatory. Yeah. But it's yeah. more related to money? Like, yeah, the thematics for it are pretty tenuous. Keep the name, come up with a different ability for it. Like, maybe you can siphon people's gas tanks at a distance. That would make so much sense. Like, it's what a useful spell that would be. Like, I take your oil and your car just stops. You'll get out of fuel. I mean, the number of times that would probably come in very useful in a car-based UA campaign. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh no, the bastard's driving a Tesla. No. <laughs> um, oh well, I'll cast Gunk Up instead. Well, there's still breaker fluid and whatnot. That's the other thing. There's a lot of shit that petroleum's in, and I think there could be some shit that can be done with that, you know? Like petroleum jelly. You should be able to like, reach, reach into petroleum and pull out of anything made from hydrocarbons, like anything made of plastic. They do just, mention, like, they, they do have spells that are like. Um, that you can change the state of something. I think that should be broadened where it's like, all right, you can just like pull, uh, like a lot of it's made entirely out of plastic. You can just like pull stuff out of the thing of petroleum jelly. It's, it's better than 3D printer. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's just fuel. Exactly. Right. Well, you yeah. can just change, you can interpret what is already there as that technically, but I think make it explicit. You're just like, okay, especially for the significant charge version of the spell, which is um, E Pluberus Unum. Transform any roughly human-sized petroleum-based product you touch back into base oil. You should be able to do that both ways, and you should be able to like do that with an extremely fine amount of control, which with plastics... You can do a lot with that. Petroleum-based products, so that's, would that include plastic? I, th I think it should. Hydrocarbon. I think it should, as yeah. long as it's entirely plastic. The mental image of, like, it's like if it was, like, a plastic, like, reinforced window or yeah. something, and the petrophage just pushes that, and it just, it just melts into petrol. Yeah. It's, it's, a good, it's a good image. And it also ties in well the pollution theme, considering how much plastic's part of that. Yeah. Yeah, like, there, there's some very cool shit here. Um, I think this is probably my favorite of the schools present here. Um, like, my, my only real issue with it is I is the charging method is a bit too weird and fiddly. Each yeah. charge step should be a bit more distinct, I think. And maybe come up with better taboos and paradox. That's always the hard one for adf schools, coming up with a really good paradox and taboo. This guy's come up with three fairly workable adf schools. We can't criticize too much. Yeah, like, I'm getting very nitpicky on this shit. And I would like to emphasize that these are on the level of quality that you see in the core books. I mean, that's not saying much. I mean, which I is, would, I, would, I, I like mean, I've seen books. fan <laughs> stuff. I like these more than some yes. of the ones in the books. Yes, likewise. <laughs> I've seen fan stuff that's not that great. This is good fan stuff. This is very high quality fan stuff. We just have high fucking standards as well. About some things. Yeah. About so some weird. Well, um, yeah. Not, not about following vehicle laws. That's why I've been steering right, this car with my feet for the past 20, 20 minutes or so. I didn't know that was your foot. All right. Yeah, I lost my toes a while back. Um, lost in the war. Forget which one. Petrofigi, cool school. There, there's a lot of fodder there. For me, uh, even more than the adept schools, I thought the, the avatars are very fun. I like these avatars a lot, especially the fugitive. 
The fugitive is very good. The fugitive, like, and it makes sense. It's, yeah, like it's immediately, it's immediately convincing to me as an archetype. I'm just like, yeah, because no, I can sense. think of a ton of characters that this describes perfectly. That's it's, like one of the big exactly. ones for me. This is just good. Um, I, I like the channels a lot. Um, the may, the last channel especially is really cool. That they can just unconsciously disguise themselves to look like someone different from whoever's chasing them. Though, because of that, this channel does have kind of a lot of overlap with the Naked Goddess and its abilities, doesn't it? I guess, but this is at least... Well, not just that, but also it's like ability to kind of get away from any situation. That is such a common human thing to want to do. It's true. I'll, I think it's okay. It's true. Yeah, I, I saw a decent amount of overlap of the channels between this and the Fool and the Naked Goddess. They're the big ones, but it feels very distinct. The only other thing that stuck out is like... That taboo has the obvious oversight of if the person chasing them ever stops for whatever reason, then they can't be the fugitive anymore, right? So you'd, ha you'd have to be a fugitive from something that is not going to stop. And that is a problem because if you're taboo, if you can be too tabooed by something that's out of your control, that's a problem. There's also this very inherent risk to it because, like, you know, if someone's chasing after you and you some point kill them, well, there goes all your fugitive powers. If you're in that situation, I feel that when an... When an avatar taboos they don't necessarily they're not going to lose all their no, avatar points no. all at once it just weakens so if an avatar if an avatar of the fugitive loses their pursuer they just have to find a new pursuer which is an interesting oh so they just need to go around paradox. shit all right that's fun i was wondering if there maybe be a taboo for like something of actively hindering the efforts of your pursuer you can't defend yourself you just need to run and hide run yeah. and hide you're right yeah. you're a fugitive yeah you're not you can't fight back you can't like take them out you can't preemptive yeah like, yeah you have to um you have to keep running yep but yeah like you can't atone for your you can't go to prison nope uh you can't choose you can't you can't go and work for the fbi yeah just a very solid archetype and you can tell because there's just like a lot of stuff that's db cooper's listed and it's like okay Perfect UA fodder immediately comes to mind. Who is the guy? Is he mentioned? But the uh, the catch me if you can guy. What's his name? Maybe like that's the thing. Like, I don't. I can't name a lot of those characters. Frank Abagnale. That's right. That name does not sound real, but all right. Yeah, that's that was his name. Uh, he works. He was. Yeah, he was the. It was a con man. He went to work for the FBI, right? There's yeah, well, I definitely don't believe that's story. his real name now. Fuck. Now I'm thinking. Imagine if there was a fugitive who decided he was being chased by the FBI for years and then decides to... He doesn't want to be the fugitive anymore. Um, so he goes and works for the FBI and he's their fugitive hunting fugitive. You know, it would be an interesting uh, character, like a uh, GMC or if he's who's like ex-avatar ex now working for the FBI or the sleepers Do you or think the Fed has enough... Uh, resonance to be its own archetype? Maybe, maybe not. I think it's something, it would be a mask for something else, like like this, the, I don't know, the arm of the state or something. I don't know, the enforcer. Enforcer, maybe, yeah. The other thing that came to mind was the spook, but that kind of has some uncomfortable racial connotations. That's true, because you guys have too many different Dude, words. we have too many fucking slurs over here. You're just like, let's, let's just invent all these very obscure things that will be used, And then to. we can use them as ways to denigrate people, of course. Not helpful, not no, helpful, guys, no. because spook is a funny word, because it's a ghost yeah. as well as a spy. But no, it also has to be a racial thing. Again, thank you, America. I almost said thanks, Obama, but that would be bad. <laughs> All right, who else we got? Oh, uh, we got the we Weary got, Traveler. I also like the Weary Traveler. It's kind of I, I enjoy it in a weird way. I was iffy also, on this one. It's, it's just like 
I mean, like, they can't even come up with historical examples. And they're just like, oh, because they're all low-level employees. They aren't the people that are in history. It's like, even then, like, they came up with examples for, like, the solid citizen and the necessary servant and shit. That's true. Then there's, like, weird overlap with their neuromancy with all the insomnia stuff. I, I, I know what you mean. Um... But it's an it's an avatar, not an adept. Yeah. And you could always have the the the, um, the odd couple, the uh, weary traveler and his an aeromancer buddy, sure. <laughs> traveling around on business, riding the rails and not not sleeping. The responsibility with a capital R is not. I don't know how well it's defined. It feels kind of similar to the messenger in a lot of ways. Yeah, in a way. What's the difference between a weary traveler and just a particularly tired messenger? Yeah. I like the name, the weary traveler. I like the, I don't know, the symbols. I sort of see what they go, what he's going for here. I do like the ninety-one percent plus. Like you're just so yeah. tired, you can see demons. Yeah. But that could also just be an aromancy. Oh, but I do like that it's something that the weary. Just the weary. It's I mean, travel, but just when the I, personally, when I think weary traveler, I think of someone that's been on the road for longer than they'd like, not because of, like, some job, but just because they're, like, itinerant. Yeah. Not because they're working true. for someone, but, like, I think a weird traveler, I think a guy that's been homeless and moving from town to town for years. Weary travel to me implies more someone that doesn't have a home to go back to. So I could see ideas from this maybe being reframed in sort of a, the vagabond archetype or something. If I was going to use this avatar paths as it's presented, I want to be one of those um, people that just ride the planes because they're like couriers, because they have the, the, uh, yeah. La- yeah. the baggage that comes with them. Yeah. That would be a fun character concept yeah i agree just having a ua campaign that takes place in an airport could be fun yes i agree. like I agree. Do that. well we've got the road one we could have uh planes have the airplane well we got automobiles now we just need planes and trains that's right we need the other two yep. a series of vehicle related uh, ua supplements three miles of bad road 30 miles of bad track and 30,000 miles of bad air. I mean, the of course there needs to be like some cult called the Mile High Club. Or, or the, or the 1.67 kilometer high club or whatever. Is that right? I'm like not sure. That, that sounds about right conversion wise. It doesn't have the same uh, ring to it though. Yeah, you could do stuff with that, sure. Um, I think roads come up in, in more UA games than trains and especially planes, but I mean, there's an entire, uh, there's an entire UA scenario about planes even though it's been kind of memory hold yeah i wonder why yeah um, i wonder why we won't let you forget we won't let you forget it was anyway, the late 90s they didn't know no like, yeah that, that's not even like okay these sensibilities have aged poorly this is a you, you cannot have expected that someone was going to commit a terrorist act this way fly to heaven is uh <laughs> it, it happened to the lonely it happened to the lone gunman x-files spin-off as well did so. it do- in this scenario, doesn't he use a box cutter too? It's the logical thing sure, to do. Sure, sure. But still, like, late close 90- to home. But there's a lot of similarities in the way that late 90s game developers and late 90s terrorists thought. It's true. In another, in another light, Timothy McVeigh was was an RPG writer, is what we're yes, saying. Yes, in a way. Same thing with Ted Kaczynski. There should be a gameable version of the Unabomber Manifesto. Just throw some right. D20 stats in there and see how we go. Industrial society in its future, the role-playing game. Players. Industrial society in its future, there, there, There's your Neverwin character, where the, <laughs> the universe where Ted Kaczynski, instead of uh, dropping out and becoming a terrorist, he drops out of, uh, of Har- uh, Berkeley. He, he stops teaching at Berkeley and starts uh, 
publishing D&D or... I, that just implies the existence of the domestic terrorist Gygax. <laughs> well, okay, do you know the story behind this? That the FBI infiltrated the, the Lake Geneva gaming group during the Unabomber investigation? Really? Ah. I, I, no, no shit. I did not know that. I'm not joking. That is something that actually happened. And by infiltrate, do you mean there was a fed that was playing in There the were game? two of them. There was a couple there that got involved with their wargaming. This was, like, really early D&D. The, so the story goes, uh, like, about six months later, they were like, all right, guys, we got to come clean to you. We're actually federal agents that came here to investigate you guys because you sort of fit the psychological profile for this killer. We're sorry, but we'd also like to stay around because we're actually having a lot of fun. We'd like to continue to play. Well, like, guy, the, the FBI has apparently had a big old file on Gygax. It got Freedom of Information acted like a few years back. The, I, what they mentioned, like, ardent libertarian, extremely large collection of firearms, made it a policy of personally responding to every letter he received from prison. Okay. So, okay. it's not that... The idea that Gary Gygax becomes a domestic terrorist isn't that out there. Yeah, it's not uh, beyond the realm of possibility. So, yeah, definitely never win territory. <laughs> Where? So, this implies not only does Ted Kaczynski write for D&D... He's one of the people that invents role-playing games. Yes, yes. I like the idea that, like, Dungeons & Dragons is the name of a manifesto in that particular universe. He's a primitivist, but, like, the one of those weird, like, medievalist reactionaries. Just analogies for... Sure. Society, society is the dragon, and the, the prison system is the dungeon. It's like, um, there's a whole underground of, um domestic terrorists that just like they call like certain a certain fed is called an owlbear <laughs> uh, another fed is called a beholder um, jesus fucking christ we're not saying mazes and monsters was right but there's just like the head of the fbi is named vecna or something uh, i'm trying to get my what, what's my what, what, what's an early dnd reference uh, uh, that's one D &D. that's one i mean you're you're holding your own here meanwhile um they they get so wrapped up with uh, pursuing Gary Gygax that they um they ignore the uh, the spread of um, Al Tecumel in the Middle East. <laughs> I, I I like this timeline. Uh, RPG writers become become terrorists and vice versa. Oh yeah, what, what, have you played have you played Osama bin Laden's game? It's basically big eyes, small mouth, but more religious. Well, yeah, I mean Osama bin Laden comes from a very rich family, so yeah, Osama bin Laden is like ends up being the founding figure of a thriving Middle Eastern RPG scene. Well, Mar Barker forms a Muslim fundamentalist terrorist cell. Obviously. That's right. Well, Wahhabism is very much about, like, reclaiming a lost past. So you could just, like, take all that energy and just, like, put it into, like, fantasy role-playing games instead. In this universe, can, like, the Doom... Sorry, in this universe, can the Columbine shooters get, like, really famous as Doom Doom modders, too? Just, just to add to it? This makes sense. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I would read this if it was the form of just, um diegetic like fbi profiles of like the history of terrorism but it's all just it's all just role playing the world references. the the most controversial alternate histories.com thread in history yeah that's right that's there right 
Jesus Christ. All right. Um, well, what a tangent. What a that, tangent. We excelled on that tangent. That okay, we're going to need to take that out. But we're definitely going to need to see that one for later. Holy shit. Why, why not? Why do we have to take it out? It's so good. All right. Um, anyway. Back to the original topic. What's left on this? There's a bit of... There's, um, there's a couple, like, game hooks and locations there. Ike the Martinez... They're okay. Yeah. Ike the Martinez Bros, Tow Yard and Scrap. That was pretty fun. Collier Body Works is one of the better Paragon places I've read. I like those guys a lot. That's one of my favorite parts mm -hmm. of uh, Book 5. I think Rider Shares is my favorite of the story seats. Self-driving cars are demons. Obviously. Yeah. That, that makes Obviously. Complete makes complete, makes complete yeah. total sense. Uh, what about you? The gas and gone is okay. It's cool. I would use it, but it's also basically old mart. That's one of those weird shit your players go through once, and then it's never brought up ever again. Sort of deals, right? It's hard to like yeah, bring in as a particularly interactable thing. I, I just I would just call it all mart express. Oh, of and course. Leave it at that. Yeah, there you go. Texacult was kind of fun, if only for the title. The title is cool. Texacult and it's just like, is like yeah, cool. it makes it that makes sense to me. There'd be a petrofaggy cult. But again, I feel like there's like a lot of untapped, like, nature worship, but twisted imagery you can bring in there. Again, what is petrol but not the milk of Gaia? That's true. That's true. Um, or well, it's a, a petrophage who fully believes that their third eye awoke while petrol huffing when they were, when they believed that they were possessed by the spirit of a long dead velociraptor or like no one of those um what if the dinosaurs were intelligent sort of or could uh, just be our reptilian progenitors the, yeah, the secret yeah. reptilian super civilization that ruled during the dinosaurs and that that would be finally a use for the um the reptilian hunting society there you go they're called. there you go um, they're, cha they're chasing they're chasing these these petrol petrophages around uh because obviously obviously that would be interesting like i do like that because the you know the reptilians are always the bad guys i like the idea that they're like the fallen atlantis that we're striving to reclaim we w it was all downhill after we lost our scales just all downhill from there i like the idea of having a petrol fudge who's not like not just a down and out sort of petrol huffing like a person, respectable like, petrophage. So it's basically it's it's the whole adrenochrome thing, but it's just actually they're just huffing petrol <laughs> in the bottom of the like <laughs> in a, in very like, nice penthouses. That I think that works. That I agree. Works. It's like a it, well, but they need to have like a lot of highfalutin um, cult doctrine to make that work. Like they all believe in the Gaia hypothesis. They think that they're literally like mm -hmm. clay. They they think that they're claiming the uh, power of Gaia the earth mother in some way oil baptisms that sort of shit the other fun one is have you ever heard of the uh, deep hot biosphere theorem nope. so that? there's this idea that where all the hydrocarbons come from down in the oil is not from like compressed uh, dinosaurs and plankton and shit it's the mm -hmm. byproduct of an entire ecosystem that's down there swimming in the oil Interesting. it's this weird fringe theory that came out I think in the 80s by this game guy named Thomas Gold this physicist and apparently like he was able to use that stuff to make like i think somehow extremely accurate predictions for oil spots for like oil wells um that's interesting. it's mentioned in the cyclonopedia which is like the bible for weird oil shit if you want to look into that i i i, I have been meaning to yeah. i have been meaning to that, that recommendation also goes out to any listeners uh it's a interesting read <laughs> It's the closest I think I've ever gotten to learning what reading the Necronomicon is like. 
how about this? Like, we got some petrophages out there, right? right? Who are very much aware of... Um, they believe they're full believers in the problem of peak oil. Sure. They know that the oil's going to run out eventually. And they're, they're, they're doomers in terms of... Are they of, peak like, oil accelerationists? Oil. Okay, what I'm thinking is that they're peak... They're guilty. They feel guilty. They're using up all the oil. The, our civilization, industrial civilization, is using up all the oil. And they're concerned because once they're once the oil's gone... They're, they're, they're convinced that once the oil's gone, that's the end for industrial civilization. So instead, they're like, okay, we need to make more oil um, for the next civilization that rises after us. We, need to, we, can, we don't have 100 million years, so how do we accelerate this? And how do we, how do we turn people into oil and d- bury them underground so that the next right. civilization can right. have cars? <laughs> Not realizing to, like most of oil is diatoms and shit? I think they should have like some. So they have. Reasons. There's one they guy have that's like, you know, most of that's plankton, right? And they all think he's a dick. <laughs> it's like, no, it's people. We have to put people in. Of course, we have to turn. I don't want to turn plankton into oil. I want to turn people into oil. Yeah, that's fun. Um, the whole guilt thing makes me think this should somehow be like mixed with Christian imagery, like some. A, a weird sect of fringe Catholics that believe this shit. They just believe that instead of um whole like what is it um that in heaven it's just oil, sure. it's just oil forever. Sure, why not? Oil forever, and you you can safely drink it this time. Paradise. Maybe maybe the or they believe that the oil isn't from plankton and dead dinosaurs. It's angels, literal angels. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. I like that. It's. Uh, that's what happened to all the, like, Nephilim and shit when the flood happened. Yeah, that makes sense. There's lots of ways you can play with that. I mean... Oil is fun. Well, yeah, oil is a lot of fun. I mean, like, when you think about it, like, separately, the fact that, like, at least, like, in a certain sense, our civilization is powered from, like, the ground-up bodies of, like, these giant leviathans that lived millions of years before we did. That's, like, that's weird fiction as fuck, to be honest. That is true. You, you frame that differently, and it's... yeah. That's like something like, oh, yeah, this is something... That I would read in like a China Mayville book, right? Just frame that slightly differently. They just make it sound boring, yeah. but no, actually, it's 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 crazy and weird. Yep, UA is good at that. UA is good at digging that stuff up and being like, actually, when you think about this, this is kind of weird. Let's let's do some of this. I like this a lot. This is good stuff. It's very polished. There's a lot of evocative stuff in there. Um, uh, the only real technical issue I have with it is I think some of the stress checks are a bit too high, but. Um, I guess my main problem, and weirdly enough, it, it is spread a bit thin. It does feel spread a bit thin. Um, I can't complain too much. I mean, it's, this is very it's solid stuff. It's good stuff. This is very solid yeah. stuff. The thematic structure of yeah. it, and like the the way this is structured, I think it's a good like model for how I'd like to see Statosphere content. Yes, I agree. Like it's a good way to have a nice meaty bit of stuff. Like a nice, good-sized yeah. chunk of stuff that's like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely willing to put down a few bucks on this. Honestly, what I would kind of like to see would be, like, it may, maybe it's outside the scope of this thing, and it's not really here, but some writing on how to play and run a more itinerant Unknown Armies game. All the games I've been involved with are usually centered around one central city or town, and... I'd like, I'm sure you could do a UA game where there's more traveling around. The one big UA campaign is like that. So some tips on like, hey, here's how you, and some tools and advice for running an Army's games where you're maybe 
changed in locations every session or a few sessions could be really cool, I think. And it works very well for this stuff. Maybe advice, like when you're on the road, how do you deal with, like, if you're traveling around... How do you make the road interesting when you're doing it as an army's game? Because there's That's a lot true. of just going yeah. from point A to point B. And what I usually do is just like, all right, you're here now. Nothing of interest happened. Uh, 333 weird shit, thing, yeah. thing, weird things to see on the road, something like that. Well, and roads yeah. are such a big, and how, what the driving experience is like is such a big part of a city and town's identity. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want some more stuff to put on the roads and to characterize cities because navigating around an area is such a great part of a place's character. When you say navigate around an area, it makes me think of the, something you could do with uh, urbanomancy and road magic um, based on the fact, maybe with the ley lines and things, yeah. based on the fact that like so many of the interstates which go around major urban centers were built like that, allegedly, so that the U.S. military would be able to move around even if the cities got nuked. Well, and then all the shit, like, you know, the pentagrams and D.C. streets, that sort of shit. That's all the stuff. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're so... Roads are such a big part of America. Yeah, fuck, you can do a lot with them. There, there's a lot of great stuff in here. Um, yep. Petrophagy I love. Fugitive I love. Some of these NPCs, I... Depending on the game, I am legitimately thinking about considering stealing stuff like, um... Let it, like... If there's nothing else you're gonna buy... Buy this book for... Buy it for stats on... Uh, lead poisoning is an identity feature. That's and right. And that's... That's the Frank Seal of Approval right there. That's something I didn't know I was missing, but now that I have it... I can't imagine running a game without it. Well, we've got a few more... A few good miles left in this... In this road journey. But we could play... 333 bottles of beer on the wall... But I just do want to um, compliment you on this vehicle. I mean, it's a really nice Lexus SUV. I thought this was your car. Oh, I don't know. We got it from somewhere. Um, Did we steal a car again on accident? God damn it. Hey, look. There's another Lexus SUV over there. Wait, who's driving?
were thinking that this fuel is juice. If you can look at that fuel, it looks like apple juice. But it's not. I want to prove to you with the flame that will burn here that it is evident enough for you to have faith that in the book of Luke 137 nothing is impossible with God. Here I light it. Amen. If it is full, it will burn quickly. Hallelujah. I trust now. What you are seeing. You are believing. What you mean. So I'm turning it into a pineapple juice. I'm turning it into pineapple pineapple juice. The word is upon it. How is it? <coughs> There's a lot of fumes. Uh -huh. But I don't have any side effect. You feel fine? Yes. 